Hello and welcome to Running on Joy with Francesca Goodwin, the podcast that celebrates putting one foot in front of the other in whatever form that takes. This is a podcast that explores how we can live in a more connected, creative and compassionate manner for the benefit of our communities, our planet and our own mental and physical health. I'm your host, Francesca Goodwin, and every week I'll be asking a new interviewee what joy means to them. Running on Joy is ad-free, but if you enjoy the show, please do take a moment to leave a review and give feedback wherever you listen to your podcasts. You might also consider supporting the work of Running on Joy guest Dan Lawson through rubbish shoes and rerun clothing to end the cycle of wastage in the sports clothing and footwear industries. Follow at Rubbish Shoes and at Rerun.Clothing on Instagram for further information. Hello everyone, my guest today is a runner podcast host and community leader. I'm really interested for us to share our experiences of content creation and the running community and it's my delight to invite them to introduce themselves before we dive right in. Yeah, thanks Francesca. I really appreciate you having me on. My name is Justin Pugliese. I'm a Canadian from Montreal, born and raised. Um, Been running over a decade and um, like you said, i podcast hosting for the last five years on a show and recently uh, started a new venture of my own, my brand new podcast um, interview style. And um, yeah, I love connecting with community always, uh, big marathon runner, um, dabbled in some triathlon over the years and uh, like to move and um, explore what that looks like and um, share people's stories of of the same. Can we call this the launch of your new podcast? Can we can we make this really glamorous? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's been a tough few months for sure, making the transition, if I can be honest. Um, yeah, the I did a podcast for about five years, and it was really it felt like my my baby, and um, really put my heart and soul into it. And um, yeah, just I think it just stemmed from you know what inspired me as a in endurance sports, um, meeting a few people, hearing their story, and then what that what curiosity comes from that and and how it can inspire you to then go on and do things that you never thought uh, possible. Um, and that's kind of the goal of what that podcast was and you know, continues to be my goal. just I, I, I think that um, whether it doesn't matter what form it comes in, what what title it comes in, I think I still love to have those conversations and share them with uh, people to try and motivate and inspire them in whatever movement that they enjoy um, and uh, make people feel heard and, um, and represented how they want to be represented. And um, yeah, it's, um, it's bittersweet. It's a, uh, the next my first episode will be out and by the end of the month i believe it's called just in stride and kind of a play on words from from my name um and i'm a big play on words guy i love i love that and um yeah try to put like myself really into the show and um made it you know making it very clear that um 
you know, what it is and, and put my personality really into it. Um, cause I think at the end of the day, like people who listen, connect with the voice behind it. And it's something that I really appreciate. And, uh, I hope that people enjoy the the new show as much as, as the one I did before. So. And changes as we've, as we've discussed before, change is difficult. Um, and it's scary making those changes and taking a plunge into something that's a little bit unknown. And, I just want to reemphasize kind of how how gracious and open you've been about sharing that process with with people who have kind of connected to you and you've built a following through um through the previous podcast that you're hosting and so that that transition um it's really lovely to kind of go on that with you um and to experience the way that you have navigated that as well. Yeah, thank thank you. And you know, I just thought it was important. I mean, I think I think social media can be positive, a positive thing. Um, you know, it's toxic for a lot of reasons, for sure. But I thought like I didn't get a chance to really say goodbye to the people who supported me and and to um, who listened week in and week out. And I just wanted to make sure that they knew that I didn't I don't I didn't forget them, and I I'm not leaving them in the dust. And um, I, I still very much want to to be that voice for them. And um, I think it's really important. You know, I think there's a captive audience for to hear stories like like that, like mine, like yours. Um, and uh, I thought it was important for me to be open and transparent as best as I could, because that's just who I am. Like, just as a person, I, I try and to be the, my most authentic self at all times. And, you know, sometimes that's a double-edged sword. But uh, I'd rather it that way and do it my way um, and do it, um, as good as I can and, and be the best person that I can and, and approach things with positivity and love. Um, and, and like I said, um, all that love and, um, passion will go into this next show and I, I couldn't be more thrilled about it. So thank you very much. That's okay. And you spoke there about your voice as well. And I'm quite curious, what's your relationship with your voice and how that's evolved both in terms of hearing it because I I used to find it very very awkward listening back to my own voice but then also kind of finding your voice um in this arena too yeah I think like it was interesting to begin that process because I have no background in acting or in voice work or anything like that I mean I just like talking to people like I like to connect with people in the community you know, discuss different topics around our passion, which happens to be running, or it can be, you know, in my case with the triathlon, swimming and biking, um, or just like hiking or different locations or, you know, things we've seen or events we've done. Um, But yeah, it was interesting to kind of see how uh, you kind of, it's a little bit awkward at first to, to hear yourself through a mic, to be on the spotlight, to know something's recording and that you want to make it as good as possible, as clear as possible to, you know, share your ideas and thoughts clearly and concisely. And, you know, the, the from start to finish, I mean, it was a five-year period from my first interview to my last, I think in myself, I, you know, I would listen to the show um, not because I like to hear my own voice, but to find ways on how I could improve because you know, in running, you can't really see what you look like. You can't really, or you can go kind of go on in this field, but like when you can actually hear 
the product that you're putting out and the quality of the questions and the thoughtfulness and like, hey, could I have taken it in this direction or in that direction? Or I think that person might have wanted to talk a little bit more about that. Why did I move it in a, in a, in a different way, you know? Um, maybe I should have extended that a little bit more, you know, things like that, just, um, to get that immediate feedback and to know that, um, you know, as, as, uh, humans, we can adapt and change, um, to self and make self-improvements all the time. And in this case, it was in my, in my audio. And I hope, I mean, judging by the numbers, I think people enjoyed it. <laughs> I think it, it grew like, uh, pretty well over those years. And so I think uh, people appreciated that. And and also taking feedback from people too was super important. Just um, finding out what people liked and which interviews they liked and why, and, you know, asking questions, being curious, like I said earlier, and not just about sport, but in anything you're doing. Yeah. It's funny. I have so many conversations about how running uh, kind of spills over into creative work and things and enhances it. But actually, I think you've just touched on a divergence between the two, because when you are running, you can't really check your form apart from that kind of awkward kind of looking back in shop windows or something. Yeah, yeah. Whilst actually we're kind of blessed um, in the in the audio arena that we do have that ability to, albeit retrospectively, kind of have that self critical eye in a way um if we can bring ourselves <laughs> to do it it's that kind of quite intense personal self-examination that you have to go through yeah totally and I mean like some actors can't watch themselves on screen but you know I guess everyone deals with it a little bit differently so yeah it's uh it's been a great like growth process and uh, certainly like the, the immediate feedback that you get is is a great tool for sure so yeah, it sure beats like staring at uh, storefront mirrors and and avoiding like light posts. You know, <laughs> at the same time, you have pretty good peripheral. It could be quite dangerous, but like sitting in your living room just recording um, is a pretty safe place to to do that. So yeah. <laughs> do you find it bizarre sometimes also that people have this relationship with your voice, but wouldn't be able to pick you out on the street? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, some people kind of meet you through the show and some people meet, like you say, meet you in person. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that way, you know, like sometimes I'll be running with somebody and they'll be like, hey, like you're the host of the rundown. I guess they hear me speak and, um, you know, they they know what I look like. I don't know what they look like, but um, so sometimes you do get that, but I always find that like, super rewarding when when someone comes up to you and be like yeah I listen to your show all the time and you know I really love th these episodes that you're putting out and you know what like or they'll make a guest suggestion or something like that and yeah I find that super fun and, and rewarding because you know in this space you can't you know you know people are listening you just don't know who it is um it's kind of you kind of feel vulnerable in that sense you know people know what I look like what I what I sound like but um, I don't, I have no idea. I don't know anything about them. So, um, yeah, that's why, you know, I even try and have some, you know, you know, everyday runners on too, because, you know, I want to talk to them as well. So people that inspire me within in the community, I also have those people on and, um, yeah, I think that's also really fun. You don't have to be an elite to, to share a journey or to share your knowledge. I think that's, uh, that's key, but I think, you know, um, 
Jackie, my partner, I think she she listened maybe to the podcast before before we actually met. You know, we met online, but uh, you know, she knew I was a podcast host, and I think she she listened to it too. You know, she got a sense of of my voice even before meeting me. So, <laughs> you know, we're still together. So I think it kind of helped. <laughs> That's such a great story. And it does pay test to me because I was just thinking it is a really kind of quite intimate thing listening to somebody's voice. And yeah. sometimes I kind of think about, oh, where are people listening to me <laughs> saying these things? Like, you could be on a long run or it could be wondering about doing housework or it could be on a commute or it could be in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. going to sleep. I don't know, but it, it's it's a really interesting exercise, I think, sometimes because it mm. does also put you in mind of your listeners, like you were just saying, and, and you can sometimes feel like, oh, am I just speaking into the void? But the more that you can kind of inhabit that that space, it makes you, or it makes me care about the output as well I think it's something that that motivates me sometimes if I question why why do I keep doing this mm-hmm. um it is that idea that oh well how is how is my voice accompanying people in a way yeah I think yeah like you say we have a responsibility in a sense you know um I think having to end the other show um I think that's why I, I was so motivated to continue because I you know, I, I was like, should I do another show? You know, should I, can, should I keep doing this? Like why, why it takes a lot of time and, and effort, like you say, you know, and, uh, and we care. I mean, that's, that that's the, the, the main reason why I do it. Cause I is kind of passionate about it. Cause I love to do it. That's, I think at the base, like that has to be the reason why you do anything, you know? Um, and so, yeah, you kind of have a responsibility as, someone putting this stuff out to put out something of, of quality, something of, of care, um, something thought out, something planned. Um, because people are like using their time to listen to you, you know, to listen to these conversations. And it's like, it's wild. Like, I'm like, why would someone do that? You know? So you want to make it as good and as entertaining and as, as uh, interesting as possible through your guest selection, through your questions, through your, the quality in which you put out uh, this product for people. And I think, I think at the end of the day, it gets, you know, that comes through, you know, which is interesting because, because you're just, you know, you're, you're a voice to these people and to these listeners. And somehow it's, it's like reciprocated through, you know, the listens that you get and, um, and the comments, the, the occasional comments that you get to. And I always find that amazing when I get, these little like Instagram messages or like how people have been inspired or I got one today. I was like blown away. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. You know, the impact you can have. Um, I always wonder like, how much more can I do? You know, what, what can I do? And I'm like, this podcast is like, it's enough, you know, it's, it's special for people and and you, you make an impact in people's lives. So it's, you know, it makes it increasingly more important for me to, or for us uh, um, to to put out a good product for them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen it where where other podcasts have maybe pivoted um, or um, or stopped at different points, and and people kind of grieve that that loss, and it is important to them. And I think people can underestimate actually how much those kind of like little simple messages of gratitude they do really hit home because 
yeah, you're, you're hoping that you're connecting and making a difference to someone because I mean, like I, I mentioned uh, earlier, like I've been reading today and um, like I just found something that when I opened the first page of my book, there was something that somebody else had mentioned earlier on in the day. And I was like, oh my goodness, sometimes you just find the words that you need that day. And I think sometimes conversations, particularly in kind of the areas that we look at when we're talking to people they can just be the tiny little seed of something that someone connects with and thinks I needed that today um or I certainly find that when I'm listening to to other podcasts where there'll just be something that connects with me and I think yeah that's that's what I needed (laughs) and I think that's all that I can hope for that that somewhere somebody is listening and it's just what they needed at that moment just like opening a book and you might find the thing that you need yeah and I think you know everyone responds to something different everyone's uh, triggered by different things too and and how they respond to things I think that's that's totally interesting you know if it's like if they catch on to you know one section of what you're saying or you know like I don't know five percent of what you're saying and it impacts them in in a positive way I mean that's totally worth it. You know, it's, it's, that's, that's where the reward comes in, you know, to say like, you know, somebody who listened to your show, you know, uh, went out and started exercising or, you know, started walking every day or, you know, I think the the movement side of things is, is super important and like achieving something that, you know, you didn't do before because of something you heard. I think that's, that's the best, um, the best reward we can get. Yeah. And what role does movement serve for you? What does running mean to you? And also, I mean, I, I, we talked about how how running and podcasting might sort of diverge in terms of looking over your, your shoulder, but but how does that then actually affect how you operate in terms of the 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 creative output that you have? Yeah, I mean, running is a huge part of my life. I mean, I've always been like really active as a kid I was super active um you know my legs were always moving under the table and um it could be anything it could have been biking or or you know in Canada we play you know street hockey outside or you know I got into soccer and hockey later in life but you know always loved to run and and move and play and you know it was the it's like someone died if if my parents tried to take me away from the park you know like I I was in hysterics you know that kind of thing and um and yeah and then I always had a good like work ethic and you know I think that kind of translated to running later on um you know I, I started playing hockey and soccer late but I always loved to to be that endurance guy like midfield um skating up and down the ice um hunting down the pucks and getting it to more skilled players I was never the most skilled guy but I always worked really really hard um and so yeah, the running kind of came in, um, you know, I was working somewhere and and someone, uh, this lady that worked there was into triathlon and she was like, yeah, we're doing this like charity 10K thing. Like, why don't you come in with us? And it's a, you know, it's going to be fun. And so, okay, like I, I, I run, like I, I run playing soccer. So why not? So did that. And I was kind of hooked, like, um, so like, and I kind of haven't looked back and, you know, that, that was over 10 years ago. And, 20 I think it was in 2010 that I did that one and from there it was just like yeah you're pretty good at this running thing why don't you do like a half marathon I knew nothing about running I knew I knew zero I remember calling a 
a running store, I think, and asked if they had any like courses or coaches that could help me. And they asked me when my event was, and I was like, oh, it's in a month. And they're like, don't even bother. They said, I think they said, just like, don't even try to do it. Like you're so undertrained, like you're going to hurt yourself. And, you know, I was, you know, I certainly have like, a, it's gotten better, but a stubbornness to me and I, I did it anyways. And yeah, it really hurt at the end, but I felt this sense of, um, it was so rewarding and it wasn't at a time when I was like into social media that much. And, you know, it, it was like a while ago. So I used to drive up to this event that I'm thinking of like on my own and just meet people at the race. And, um, and, and then it kind of just like got more and more, more involved from there, you know, it just kind of evolved. So, you know, I've always liked pushing my limits. I always like to see how I can improve. Um, and and learn more about the sport. I don't know something triggered me about running and moving, and I just I don't know what it is. I just love it so much, and I I just I continue to do it to this day. Like I never stopped doing it. Um, I've always been training for something or or other. But you know, even when I'm not, I'm still running. You know, almost every day, and try and keep stay as consistent as possible because I think I learned that pretty pretty early. Like the more you can be consistent, the better the better it's going to be for you overall. So yeah, and it means the world. I mean, it keeps me in shape. I'm, you know, almost 40 now and I haven't really lost a step. So um, I just kind of stick with it. I, it keeps me healthy. It keeps me in shape. It keeps me mentally sharp. Um, it, it's an outlet to, to socialize and meet people. Uh, it, it led me to, you know, to, to my mentors, early on that I mentioned those those two people that I spoke to were like ultra triathletes um, that I met through a, a community run that I was invited to from a girl that I went to high school with that knew them because they're her they're uh, this guy and and her her dad worked together and that's how she knew them and I was just so inspired and so that led me down like a road to to doing an Ironman and I mean looking back I can't even believe that I did that you know and then you know, like I said, their their story kind of inspired me. And then I wanted to inspire others, which is the idea for that that initial podcast and sharing stories of, uh, of success. And, um, and yeah, so my whole life is kind of wrapped up in movement. It's, um, it's not the end. It's not the only thing that matters. Like so many things matter to me, like my family and my friends. And, but um, I know that that's a time for me, you know, um to reflect on things to to work on my creative uh, mind uh to get me through something like the pandemic where we couldn't do much um you know that 30 minute run every day kind of like kept me sane and kept me thinking and kept me in a good headspace so um yeah i think for a lot of reasons you know i always try to encourage people to move in some capacity it doesn't have to be running or triathlon it can be a walk or a hike or um tai chi or yoga or walking around your coffee table like i've been doing, doing my tai chi today yeah <laughs> so it was a bit long-winded but i think it's just important to move mobility i think is it's so important especially as we get older and you know we take it for granted our bodies like maybe when we were younger that we'll be able to do this forever but i tell you um i gotta do a lot more um stretching and movement based stuff to be able to continue to run because you know the, over time the body takes longer to recover and it, it where there's wear and tear and 
Um, so, but you learn that and, uh, but if you do it earlier and work on your strength and yeah, then you can do just about anything. I think someone told me once, like, I want to be like fit enough to do whatever it is that I want to do, like to never say no to somebody, uh, for any kind of adventure, whatever that may be. You know, and I think that kind of stuck with me. It's a reminder that we're, we're alive really, I think. Um, and however that movement comes, as you say, it's just a, reminder that we are this incredible life force and that we do have the capacity to to do things and to you know move ourselves and and move others um and you've put it really beautifully in terms of the way that that life force has then led you to connect to others as well who who share that I think it's a great unifier um and equalizer as well isn't it yeah totally it's just like you know, any way that you can relate, um, to, to other people too, you know, it's, uh, it's not just about what you do, you know, it's about how that connects with others. And, you know, we connected in a way through our, our passions, you know, which, you know, was podcasting and, you know, look where we are now, you know, like this conversation is only possible because we kind of share some kind of common ground. So, um, yeah, I always find it interesting, like, you know, I remember even just watching others in the community achieve things um, to see their own growth. You know, like you can you can look at yourself and be like, wow, I came I went from here to here. But then to see like other people like I remember running with people like years ago that were struggling just to keep up on a, you know, on a weekend, you know, 10K run, which for a lot of people, it, it's a lot, you know, but they showed up and speed wasn't the game it was just like going out and socializing and having fun and they kept showing up every week and now they're like running marathons and doing like you know ultra distance running and it's like so inspiring to me to see that you know like um I think it's all relative too you know like it doesn't just have to be like the elite stories that are the ones that are inspiring and motivational some of the you know most of these elite people I'm not speaking for all of them, but, you know, they come from some kind of pedigree of of running um, that stems from a younger age and then develops later in life um, at that same speed. But, you know, some of these stories of people like who were never into running, you know, into their 30s and then suddenly (laughs) got the bug and then, you know, then they're doing some crazy stuff. And I think that's like so, so inspiring. I, I love it. I love hearing stories like that. And I think the the marathon and the ultra distances are really interesting in that capacity because you are literally getting people who it might be their first race, they they may not be the quickest, um, they're there just to just to finish, but essentially lining up alongside, you know, the the best of the best. Um, and I think that's really magical, isn't that? Oh yeah. I mean, I got to do Berlin last year, for example. Um Wow, I mean, uh, a world record was broken in that race. Uh, Elliot Kipchoge, just like, but you can't, you can, I could never share the ice with Wayne Gretzky. I'll use Wayne Gretzky because he he might be one of the most famous hockey players of all time, <laughs> or the pitch with, you know, the soccer pitch with Pele, or uh, maybe for your audience, David Beckham or something. You know, um, <laughs> that that just it's so out of reach. Um, but in running, it's not. You know, you can share the same sta- stadium with some of these greats you know and the I think over the years like this um 
there's this, you know, this romance with the, with the marathon, people are so intrigued by it. And, uh, there's a lot behind it, you know, like Kipchoge did the breaking two thing, um, you know, surpassing the human limit, you know, uh, or what was the human limit and proving that you can do any, you know, do anything if you put your mind to it, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of these messages can ring true for whoever you are, you know, if you believe in what you're, what you're doing and in your goals, uh, there's, there's not a heck of a lot that you can't accomplish, you know? Um, so yeah, I do find, you know, this weekend's like the Boston, Mar Boston marathon. I, I've, I've enjoyed that a few times. Um, and it's so special. It's just, it's electric. The, the, the feeling you get when you, when you tow the line, getting to the line is, is a huge accomplishment. And, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's just, it's just a special sport. I can't, I can't voice that now. Like some people take it really seriously. You know, I'm not one of those. I, I put in the work, I train hard, but you know, when you get there, it's just like, enjoy this thing and whatever happens, happens, you know? And, um, I think, I think that's one thing I've always been able to maintain, um, throughout. And, you know, I love the sport. I take my, I take it, you know, seriously, but I, I also like, you know, it's only running and I do it for so many more reasons than just the time, you know? And Boston does actually, it seems to hold a really special place for, for a lot of people. What is it that you think makes Boston quite so alluring? Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things. I mean, it's the longest standing marathon. That, I mean, to start, it's a, I think it's 127th year this year. It's a point-to-point -point race. So you run back into Boston. They drive you out in buses. Um, you have to qualify to get in. So some people spend years and years working towards this qualifying time that will maybe get them into the Boston Marathon. And you can't, I mean, you can always do charity. You can always, I think it's, I think you got to raise 8,000 bucks or something to be able to run it. But, you know, a lot of runners put in their, the effort and really try and qualify for this thing. So there's no lottery there. Um, I know there's lotteries, I think for every world major, but um, yeah, Boston just, it's a special place, you know, and, and it's overcome so much too, as a, as a city and also, you know, with the bombings happening there and, and, and the resiliency of, of that city. And, you know, the people are so nice. Like it's, it's a, I mean, it's a sports town. Like it's this time of year, there's, I think there's baseball. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on always like hockey. Their, their hockey team's doing great. Um, so their sports teams are going full speed ahead and and then you add this Boston marathon to the weekend like the city is consumed by running it's like I went there a few months ago actually um when you know it was my first time in Boston's uh in, first time in Boston uh that wasn't a Boston marathon actually and it was funny because I started like I didn't recognize where I was because there was no expos there was no signage there was no um no things that were running related there was no runners around so the city looks so much different on any other weekend but this weekend is like the mecca of of running and i think you know people just like love it for everything it is and uh you know it's also like a legendary course challenging it's not flat you got the newton hills at the end of it which makes it really really difficult the, i think one of your your last guests peter bromka um you know, writes about Boston and uh, he'll be there racing. And um, 
yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a really special place. Yeah. Talking about life force, it really did the way that you painted that picture. It really does seem to take on a whole life of its own, both the race and, and the narrative that goes around it. It's, it's running, but it's also so much more than running. Um, and it puts me in mind of what you, what you've been saying about your relationship with the sport as well. And also the fact that so much of kind of what you produce has this really kind of outward facing attitude um, and is very much geared towards what you can do to lift others up and and help others and 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 introduce them to this community to to this way of way of being as well and um, where's that intention come from do you think I <laughs> I just think that like we we take ourselves too seriously, you know, life's hard enough. There's there's so many other things in life that that matter so much more than that, you know. Um our health, our family, our, our relationships. Um running's a, a running's a bonus, you know. It's it's a way, it's a it's a vehicle for a lot of things, you know. Um and I think I just try and like remind people, you know, like, I don't know. It's like you, you hear some people beating themselves up after a bad result. And that's like, okay for a minute, but like, really? Like, you know, you didn't have your best day. You know, you could have, I always like compare it to like, to, to training, you know, you can have a bad training day. So you can easily have a bad race day, you know? It just because everything builds up to this one day that you're supposed to run your fastest, your best, you look your best, you you planned your you planned your nutrition, you planned your outfit, you got your shoes, you know, it's like this pinnacle of of everything you put in for months and months. But like if you don't love everything before that, then something's not quite right, you know. It can't just be about like that's the execution and that. You know, it's a perfect, you, what, you, what people are looking for is the perfect day. But if you talk to any endurance athlete, they'll tell you that those are few and far between, even the best of the best, unless you're a phenom like Elliot Kipchoge, you know, this guy dominates the sport and he'll likely win Boston Marathon. He'll, it'll be his first, but he destroys the competition wherever he goes, but he's the exception, you know, for everybody else, it's just. You know, is it going to be your perfect day? Will you will will everything line up perfectly for you to produce? And you know, I've had great. I've also had great uh, training blocks that resulted in poor results, and then not so great training blocks, and then having great results. So, you know, you can only do so much. You do your best, but I think adding stress, um, adding stress to that is is um is counterintuitive and i think if you can stay light i think that's always a, a better place to come at it from both before during and after any kind of competition let's say a race so yeah i try and like i try and tell people that and um try and tell people not to be so hard on themselves and you know there's like worse things in life if you look at other people in the world you know we're really lucky to be able to do this for fun 
I mean, it comes down to that. Yeah. It could be worse than getting mud on your vapor flies. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. And when you first started the the other podcast that, that you hosted, um, mm-hmm. were you listening to a lot of other content? Um, was it that kind of demystifying of the of the process and of of um of the training and the life that goes around running or what a runner should kind of look like is that kind of what you felt that you could bring to the table yeah I mean you listen to a lot of a lot of podcasts for sure to to kind of develop a style let's say but yeah it's you want to learn everything about everything you don't see I think, I think that's what I'm most curious about. Like, how do you balance your family? Do you work also while you're an elite runner or how do you manage all these, all these components of your life and, and, or perform at this level with all those other things going on? Um, You know, some people are self-coached. Some people are um, training in difficult climates also Um, trying to find out what what makes people great you know and um how how they succeed in in the sport when when conditions can be very different for everybody so yeah the demystifying is a is a good way to put it um kind of the behind the scenes of what makes um a good a good runner or a complete runner or why they do it in the first place um i think those are all like points of interest for me and I, I think it's it's also interesting for the people people listening so yeah I think that's super important but also like yeah listening and trying to find your own style too is important and you don't want to sound like everybody else too you want to um kind of be able to present something a little bit different um and bring that to the table too let's just go behind the scenes with you then as well because you know, podcasting can be a grind, right? Like there's a lot of energy that go into these things and putting out like, you know, an episode a week or, um, which is what you were doing. Like, how does that work? How do you get that energy balance and, and with other areas of your life as well? And also the kind of the determination to continue with it. Yeah, I think it comes down. I mean, there's a lot of components. Um, I certainly have a lot of support around me and that really helps. Um, I couldn't do it by myself, you know, uh, as much as I love it, it's, uh, takes a lot of time. It's, uh, I'm also training for myself, you know, myself, I'm, I'm living in a new city right now. I'm looking for, for, for jobs. There's not much, uh, free time in the day. So without that support, it'd be very difficult to be able to um, continue on uh, this way. And certainly um, with this new show, it's just like takes a lot of planning and a lot of like uh, critical thinking. And you want to make sure you do things the right way from the music to the logo to the guest list to how the show is shaped. can I do it different? Can I do it? Can I, can I improve things? Can I make it as interesting? Um, so yeah, there's so many things that go into it. Um, but you know, if you, I I try and like itemize things and make a checklist for myself and, you know, not put all my focus every day into the show, um, or into this new project, 
but try and, you know, balance all things, you know, have I looked for work today? Have I got my run in? Have I eaten? <laughs> have I tidied up around the house? Have I, you know, like, just like little reminders for myself so I can stay consistent in, in all aspects, but you know, you got to prioritize in life and, you know, I don't have kids, but if I had kids, you know, that would be a big, a big one for sure. And uh, making sure that I'm present for other people too, not just that they support me, but that I also take time and support them. Um, stay, you know, stay in front touch with friends back home, friends and family back home. Uh, I'm in Switzerland right now, which I'm very fortunate for uh, starting a new kind of chapter here living wise and it's been great um discovering the city too has been amazing um but yeah just just trying to be you know i think it's important to be really self-aware of what's going on to make assessments is this working is that uh, is that working and to make adjustments along the way to be flexible and able to adapt um i think is also really really important and i think i've over time i've i've uh kind of i'm not perfect nobody is but i've been able to really look at myself and say you know i need to be better here or i need to be better there and and kind of reassess and and adapt on the fly i think that's that's how you find success but you got to be consistent i think at the end of the day with podcasting with running with with your your in your relationships consistency is key and um i mean that that's probably a lesson i learned from running um having the structure and the consistency i think can bring so much to your life you know so that's uh that's what i try and do i think that's really valuable lessons there and i can only imagine it's really difficult as well when you've established a life around the running communities that you're embedded in then having to connect with others and fight and rebuild that life in a new place. I can imagine that's quite difficult as well. Yeah, it's, I didn't know what to expect kind of coming here. Um, I've been really, like I said, super blessed. Um, you know, it's just, it's difficult to find work in this city, I can say. And that's kind of an ongoing thing for me, but certainly it's given me a lot of time and flexibility to run around the city of Zurich and discover my surroundings. And for, you know, Strava is something that I use as a tool for myself. I use it just to measure my data to see how many, you know, how much I've done in a week, hour, you know, hours on my feet um, and both and kilometers too um, for my coach to see my workouts. But you know, I made a lot of connections in Montreal and uh, actually somebody reached out on Strava that I met in Montreal, who's actually living in Zurich now. And uh, he ran with us um, at one of our nightly runs. And and he was like, hey, like you're in Zurich. Why, why don't you join us for a run? And this was like two weeks in to being here. And I was so surprised, you know, and and it was through a connection that I made through running that allowed me to uh, continue that here in Zurich and find a little community, you know, and, and from there things can, you know, he, he told me about all the run clubs, like they're not big on social media here, not, not like they are in, in Montreal at least, or um, 
in other parts, maybe North America, it's, it's more that the case. But I find they're more low key. They're less like publishing things on social. So it's a little more difficult to find things, let's say on Instagram. But, you know, he told, you know, the on headquarters are here. They have a weekly run. He told me about all the weekly runs. He started his own like social run where we go running for an hour and then grab some beers on Thursday. So for, you know, a place I knew nobody running connected me again with the community and I didn't even do anything. It was, it just happened organically, you know, and uh, I'm blessed. I'm really blessed for that. And if it wasn't for running, it, it might've been way more difficult. And that reminds me a little bit of the the community that you built through um, the Outrun project as well, yeah. um, that I, I know a little bit about just from social media, but yeah. can you just talk about the thinking behind that and the purposes behind the retreats? Yeah, and uh, they're actually there right now. They're doing, they're doing it right now. Um, my friend Ariane, who I met years ago, an elite, um, female elite runner, uh, in, in one of the best in Quebec, you know, um, at the time when I met her and, um, and it was her vision to start this retreat. You know, she's a super, she's a great athlete and, uh, a great person. Uh, she's, she's so kind and genuine and we clicked, you know, uh, I used to train with her when I, um, like through my mentors, I met Ariane and then we started training together and she helped my, my running tremendously. You know, I ran, my I ran her first marathon with with her in Montreal, which she which she ended up winning, and she dropped me like uh, at like kilometer thirty. Um, but I said if I could hang on with her for as long as I could, I'd probably do, have a personal best that day, and I did. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was her vision to start this um, this retreat and discover. You know, I think discovery and running is super important. You know, if people struggle to get out the door, like plan a different route, take a bus somewhere and then run home. Like there's so many different ways, you know, go left instead of right. Um, and she, she wanted to start something for the community where you could go away for a weekend and learn about running. You could you learn about nutrition you learn about strength training or things that complement running. You learn, we, we, uh, learn about healthy eating, about, you know, different uh, types of running, like te uh, tempos or speed work or, you know, easy running, meditative running. You know, we do a run where we could um, just go run in silence through the woods and people somehow like love that, you know, they, there's something about like just listening to your surroundings and, and running in peace. You know, a lot of people run with music. Uh, a lot of people run socially and they they chat all the time, but this was kind of something outside the box that people really gravitate gravitate towards. And it's a whole weekend, all inclusive food and and stay. And we also did it in different locations in Quebec, so people could discover different um, towns um, in a place they maybe lived their whole life. You know, so you know, like that's interesting too. I always like laugh when people are traveling here and traveling there, and and they haven't even discovered their own country you know so or province or or town or canton uh wherever you're from so yeah i took part i mean i was with her since the beginning um i also have a passion for photography so um i, I was capturing all the moments with my 
with my dad's camera at the time in the first retreat. And, uh, you know, similar to podcasting, the photography visually, you can, you can see, you know, if it, if you, if you like it, if people react well to it and then, you know, make improvements. So every year I feel like we made a little bit of an improvement on the photography. And I provided that not only as a run leader, but also would chase uh, the runners, you know, with my camera and try and capture moments, um, uh, to capture all the different aspects and uh, activities dur during the weekend. And um, yeah, it was another great way for people to connect and um, get away for, from their everyday lives and just focus on themselves. So what's interesting is that, you know, we get a lot of, you know, older, older people coming to this retreat. We get younger people too, uh, who are just getting into the sport, um, get couples uh, going just to get away for a weekend so you get like people from all walks of life and and you know Ariane's like like a top like I said top Quebec runner um myself you know I've I'm not an elite runner but I'm I'm a good runner you know I I, I put a lot of work into it and and so for a lot of these people they you know they look at us as you know as the elites you could say or maybe me more in quotations than Ariane but, um, you know, the fact that we can create a beautiful weekend, but all be really at different levels in, in the sport. And really the thing that's, you know, the common ground here is the running itself. Um, and to do your best, like it's all relative for this. Let's say we're doing a speed workout. Well, of course, I'm going to run it faster than most people there. But like, what's your best? Like, what's what's your like if we talk about effort? what's your best effort what what is uh like really fast for you feel like and can you do that consistently you know the the times are relative to the person but how we feel is is the same you know if i'm running faster but okay because we're supposed to run fast well i'm supposed to you know be out of breath well if you're also out of breath but running at a slower speed well that's just where you're at but we can we can equally benefit from the same types of workouts. So you see that what we're trying to do is like get people out of their comfort zone to try something different, but also like we can share this space together, even if we're at different levels in the sport. And I think like back to what we were saying before about Boston, like you, you told the line and, you know, they, they separate the corrals based off of, speed because you've all qualified right well we're all there sharing you know from the best to from the front to the back we're all running the same the same course and we're all there for the same reason and it's all relative to where we are in fitness wise you know but it doesn't mean we don't belong you know it's there's room for everybody and let's just pivot because what we've been talking about is that kind of democratic and holistic manner of connecting through the sport but to put that then in the context of how the trail and ultra world are now evolving in particular in terms of becoming more corporate there's a lot more outside sponsorship coming in and media interest and I'm curious what your thoughts are around that do you think it something that's a sort of natural progression and exciting or something that kind of diminishes the sort of grassroots 
ethos of the sport or do you think actually like the two can kind of coexist in a way yeah I think it's a tricky one for sure I mean I can just share I know what's happening in the ultra scene for sure I mean you just got big names now that are getting more and more recognized like the Jim Walmsley's um from the U.S. Uh, he's racing something today I think he just I think he just finished and he won. won he won yeah <laughs> yeah I just saw that before I came on here um and you know the Killian Journeys, and even like I interviewed, I had interviewed uh, Mathieu Blanchard. He's from he's from France, but also like resided in in Montreal too. And like this is a guy like I used to see him training in uh, McGill Stadium. It's a university in in Montreal, well known, and um, like it was just wild, you know. It's wild, but yeah, like whenever you see these performances, like uh, athletes are more accessible than ever. There's a lot get you know going behind behind these athletes in terms of like influence, um, influencing the population, and yeah, it's 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 getting attention. And I think that's really exciting for the sport. I think running in general is um, maybe less recognized than other professional sports. Um, you know, if you use like the Tour de France for example, like everybody knows that that bike race, you know. Um, but you know maybe running's getting the recognition that maybe it deserves you know these these runners running you know 100 milers and stuff that that's so impressive i mean, it's it's not a distance that i've dared to attempt but i admire it from a distance and um so of course you're going to you're going to get these big sponsors coming in and and putting an influx of money in terms of advertising cuz they want to sell product too i mean i get that side but at the same time, you lose that that grassroots feel a little bit. Um, and I think that a lot of, you know, ultra runners love that, you know. I think you can still get that, you know, with it depends just where you sign up and, and do races. Um, the same thing happened in Ironman. I can say that. Um, and I know this from my mentors, Kat and Kev. And they, you know, they've been racing for a long time now. They've done, you know, 20 Ironmans and from start to finish, it's like, it's not the same. They, you know, the big sponsors come in, the big corporations come in and they change it. The The registration fees go through the roof. You know, it's like $1,000 to sign up for Ironman event. It's just like not accessible, as accessible to people anymore. So I think, you know, the people that want to run those races, they're going to have to invest um sadly um and if not if they want to get that more grassroots feel unfortunately maybe go to you know a lesser known event or somewhere else you know that's kind of just how i see things or like maybe where i've gravitated towards anyways um getting away from those big races like i'm going to run the zurich marathon here in a, in a week and i'm super excited but that's like probably smaller than what i'm used to you know but the entry fee is also a lot less. I still get to challenge myself. And, um, you know, these world majors are three, four hundred dollars or, you know, pounds or, you know, wherever you're signing up or euros, you know, they're expensive um, because they are the big races, you know, they are. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's, I think it just comes down to accessibility and it's not accessible for everybody. And I think it should be. But uh, I get it too at the same time. Yeah. And there's Whatever. always 
<laughs> there's always going to be people shaking their fists aren't there whatever whatever you do um and I guess it can be a sport can be elitist in terms of the fees that you're paying for, for the big races but then also be elitist in terms of keeping it so small that it's actually not welcoming to to people who might not necessarily have discovered it um mm. and and there's a lot of issues there around you know kind of inclusion and diversity within the sport as well so mm -hmm. I think it, it's a really tricky line to tread isn't it but yeah. um but I think the the more that the sport can be brought to a broader demographic of people and excite people about it I guess the the net positivity um as long as there are choices for people to be able to make within that um is is good yeah i guess the argument is like okay if you can't afford that then just do a less expensive race and you're still kind of getting what you want but um yeah everything's got a price tag now you know uh gear's got a price tag registration's got a price tag um yeah i think the accessibility is still there you see a lot more like unsanctioned races too like street races and stuff which is fun um you know but yeah, you want to make it as inclusive as possible in this in this climate for sure. I, uh, running should be for everybody, and um, or in or movement. If you want to to challenge yourself, you should be able to do that. Um, but on the contrary, you know, you can also do some crazy stuff with your friends too. I've done that as well. Like, there's nothing stopping people from you know mapping something out and exploring a new trail. Um, if I can like twist things in a positive way, you know, um, you can kind of, you know, find your community and do some crazy stuff. I know in Montreal, we used to do like some hill repeats, like an absurd amount of them <laughs> up these like steep climbs. And, you know, we'd had a blast doing it. And I mean, you can get that feeling other ways, you know, um, doesn't have to be at a big time event, you know, you can, you can still feel connected to the community, still feel like you're you're doing something fun and uh, without the big price tag. So I think uh, if we just break it down and turn it into a positive thing, I think, you know, the great thing about running is you could do it just about any, anywhere, you know, there's no entry fee to just enter the woods and just run for miles, you know. And do you think we're seeing the same thing in terms of media content too? Um, and in terms of sustainability, because as you know, with with podcasts, there's a there's also been a rise, you know, in in corporate sponsorships and brand partnerships. Um, and how do you think that kind of affects the autonomy that that hosts have as well? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's it's challenging. I think um, it's a, to support show, you know, to be able to like. A lot of a lot of people do these these podcasts and they do it on their own time, on their own dime, and uh, there's costs associated with it. Um, yeah, you don't always get the big sponsors at least right away um, for your shows, um, and depends what your capabilities are too, as a in terms of what you produce for advertisers. I think I always try and look at it like. Can I 
if if they are helping me, what can I do also for them? That's but I try and what I try and do is like doing it in an organic way. So, you know, I have my own my own sponsors also. Uh, as an athlete, I'm lucky. Um, relationships that I've made, and you know, I, I'll seek their support on projects that I'm working on. Um, and I'm lucky that that they believe in me. You know, as a as a as a person as a podcaster as a as an athlete too and um i think that certainly helps but yeah it's uh it can be discouraging you know um you know when marketing does a lot for just about any kind of brand um and it's it's definitely more difficult to compete in in that space when you know when you're working with a different budget than another show um and so, yeah, that makes it more difficult. But I think, I think just over time, if you if you stick with it, I think everything balances out. Like you can't, money can only solve so many things. You know, I think talent um, will prevail over that. You know, if you're if you're able to put together good content, which is the show itself, then I think that's uh, a lot. That brings a lot more value. I think overall, yeah. I think it's really tricky because I understand why a lot of podcasts do go down the route of of sponsorship and and partnering with brands. Um, but also I know as a listener that that can really turn me off. And I think kind of going back to what we said at the beginning in terms of listening to a podcast being quite an intimate experience and you've built a relationship <laughs> with that person, albeit that they don't know. Um, and then if I'm listening to it and it's interrupted by a plug for a particular thing or something that fills a slightly inauthentic cell, I feel like that's almost more invasive than, you know, me scrolling through Instagram and getting inundated with ads. Yeah, no, totally. And I agree with that too. I, I, like, I never want to come off as cheap, you know, and anything I'm supporting, I'm actually using myself. I'm not... For me, it's not a money grab thing. It's really, I'm not like emailing like a hundred brands to try and figure this out. Like to it's if I'm using it and I believe in it and I think other people can benefit from it, then that's the best thing I can do. Um, but if not, then you know, you see some people they're just you know bouncing around every you know it seems like every year they're they're on to a different thing and it's like well how do i trust this person how do i trust what they're saying is true that that uh, why should i you know believe this well, you know and that's kind of how i feel too like okay well, you were you were in those shoes last year and now you're in these shoes well why are these shoes better like just because i wear like i wear sketchers i'm supported by by sketchers i have been for this is my third year and it's not a plug for Skechers. I love the shoes. I was wearing them before I was even with them. I'm loyal to them. They're also loyal to me. And I tell people, if you're interested in them, go try a pair at the store. And if they agree with your foot, then put them on and go for a run. But put those shoes on, but also put on 10 other shoes and 10 other brands. And because I think we're all so unique. I can't tell you that Skechers will be good for your foot. I, I can't. It's not, it would be irresponsible of me to do that. 
Um, they work for me. I like them. Uh, it's unknown because they have a performance line and everything. And I get that. People like the sexy stuff, you know, sexy gear, like the Nikes. And I get it, the vapor flies. And that's cool, you know. But that's what works for me. And I think everyone's got to like really test out whatever it is that they go with. And I can I can produce ads and say like whatever I want. But at the end of the day, um, you got to do what works for you. And um, I share what works for me. And um, yeah, and that's what I believe in. I'm not, it's, I'm not just doing it to do it or doing it for like money. You know, I think that's the wrong angle that you can take and um yeah I, and i like i always think that that's the best way you can be authentic to yourself and also to others too yeah yeah absolutely it's about authenticity and i can absolutely testify that if anyone's got unstable ankles those vapor flies are going to look sexy for a whole five minutes from personal <laughs> yeah. experience and then you do not look sexy at all because you've exactly. fallen on your face <laughs> yeah and someone once told me like you're if you don't have the engine it doesn't matter what kind of what kind of body you have like it just doesn't work you know if you got a civic engine and a ferrari body it's just not gonna happen you know um so yeah like i totally agree like those shoes are great you know elite runners perform that's all you see on the starting line of a world major but it's not for everybody so be careful buyer buyers beware and i'm interested also just in terms of you know how things are growing and progressing that's also mimicked in the diversity of content that we are getting in in the podcasting realm with running you know a, a few years ago there'd just be podcasts about running pretty generically and now we've got like with print media as well we've got kind of long form storytelling we've got stuff that is more geared towards um you know gains in performance and training um we've got interview style things and where do you see that evolving and also where do you see your your new podcast placing within that like you mean in general as a, as a okay as an industry yeah i think i think people are finding more and more creative ways to present the same stuff i think there's so much so many stories to tell you know i have a friend that just started a podcast that's around the business you know uh of running you know the running business and i think there's a lot to be said about that you know the, we're talking about shoes here um, but it could be, you know, race directors, it could be uh, specific brands, specific types of gear, you know, that they're that they're talking about. And I think I think that's really great. I think that's an angle that hasn't been really discovered yet. And I think it's very interesting. I think anywhere you can anywhere that you can help people learn something new about the sport that they're enjoying. I think there's there's something there for sure. Finding your niche within the space is is pretty important like i think interview style is something that i just gravitated towards which is why i continue to do that i know it's not special um but i really try and get to know the people why they got into the sport that they're in um why they continue to do it have they had struggles have they how they got out of those struggles have they always loved what it is that they're doing um how differently does it work? Does it look now compared to before? There, you know, 
getting really into the nitty gritty of like why people do what they do and how they improve and where they see their potential going with it. How this show will probably be different, I think, is that I just want to take a more, I think I want to be more um, diverse. Uh, I want to really show that diversity through my, my you know, guest selection, um, not just with people that I choose to speak with, but also, you know, the sports that they're taking part in. I think the name Just In Stride, I think it is, you know, you do think of running when you think of stride, but that's also like a, a you know, saying too, taking things in stride. And I think I view this show more as a, like an endurance show that I view it more as like, I want to speak to runner, uh, you know, runners. I want to speak to triathletes. I want to speak to cyclists. I want to speak to swimmers. I want to speak to adventurers. Um, I just wanted to open up the playbook a little bit to not just pigeon myself, pigeonhole myself only to running, which that's my bread and butter. That's what I love. But also like challenge myself too, as a host, to be able to have conversations with people from different sports and finding the parallels between them and, you know, how, you know, how you might push yourself or how you push yourself just as a human being, no matter what it is that you're, that you're doing. Um, and so I think that's exciting for me. I think that's really, and I think it's exciting for the listings, listeners too, because, you know, I think it's interesting to hear um, someone else's perspective from a different maybe walk of life or something you're not used to uh, as well. Yeah. And it completely dovetails with what we were saying in terms of being democratic towards the audience with bringing different people into running or, or movement practices um, through conversations that they might not otherwise hear, but then also being democratic with your guest choices that, yeah, you know, it, it's great hearing about what elites are doing, but it, it can be far more interesting sometimes to, to hear the stories that people don't see and telling the stories that haven't been platformed. Um, and likewise, looking at things in in a little bit more of a multifaceted view, I definitely see kind of running on joy. It's it's a metaphor like to, to run on joy. It doesn't necessarily mean running. And yeah. sometimes have people say like, oh, you know, you're you're not actually running at the moment, but you have a podcast about running. And it's like, well, actually, if you listen to most of the episodes, they're not about running. They're about people who are putting one foot in front of the other but in many many different ways and movement happens to be be a connection but like we were saying movement is very much more about the energy within you and what you put out into the world and mm. not just about how you're performing <laughs> yeah totally and you know and the people that listen will know that too you know I think that's that's exactly it. like you're putting energy into something I think getting exposure to some, to anything else too, that maybe you're not used to. You, you can even uh, draw the comparison to just like trail running to road running, even that some people are just more road runners and some people are more trail runners. Well, if I hear the story of a trail runner and something about what he says or she says, or they say intrigues me, then maybe I'm more inclined to go try running trail and discovering something different. You know, I can say that you know, the views that you get through trail running are not even like you can't even compare how much more beautiful it is 
than than what you get like on the road i'd say you know um getting to the top of mountains and climbs it's arguably more difficult and challenging but the for someone just like that loves views i think it's so rewarding in that sense you know you could see the beauty in, in the forests and mountaintops and stuff like that so yeah i think that you know you don't want to be so closed-minded i think it's it'd be you being like naive to to think that that you can just learn about personal performance or movement through the one sport i think you know so much of we talk what we talk about in and even endurance sports is like cross training too so that's where you know things get interesting too when you're i found when i was a triathlete i was in the best shape of my life because i was doing two other sports on top of running um but so maybe you're exposing people to those things and also uh challenging them to try something new as well and what do you think makes a good story because although we're both conversationists <laughs> it's about telling a story isn't it yeah so what's a good one what do I think makes a good story I think well somebody doing something extraordinary I think uh, that's always uh, what blows me out of the water like I just uh, I, I don't want to blow my uh, my cover uh, or share exactly what I'm talking about like with my first guess actually but um Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. I almost, but you know, like, uh, you know, somebody getting through a challenging time in their life, uh, overcoming a disease, overcoming, you know, cancer. Like I've, I've, I've spoken to so many people, uh, overcoming loss. Uh, I think the story of the comeback is always, is always one that's very intriguing and how people deal with adversity. I think, that's always one that's always something that really like that I can feel like it, it's something that that I that I that motivates me that inspires me how somebody can really be down over here and then just like rise up and turn their whole lives around a life around it could be addiction it could be um alcoholism it could be so many different things and I think I think what really intrigues me about people is the resilience. And I think it's a common thread and like a good story is that the never give up attitude of people, no matter what it is, if it's business, if it's, if it's family, if it's loss, if it's like so many, so many things can happen to somebody in their life, but um, suicide of a, of a child. Um, I've, I've had so many conversations and, and you're just, sometimes you can't even find the words uh to ask your next question because you're so overcome with emotion by what you're hearing and imagine you're hearing that and you you feel that imagine that person and what it took to kind of come up out of that and and continue and push forward and and view the life in and in, in still in a very positive way you know i try and live that way i try and stay positive and um move on to the next thing and put my energy towards something that really gets me going gets me fired up um but sometimes you hear these stories and you're like how can you you know through through whatever it is you just went through and uh I, th I think it's remarkable I think it's it's incredible and um I hope to keep sharing stories like that you know and not just not to say that loss and and hardship is like the, the only interesting thing but I find that that's I think something that people 
find very interesting anyways and um yeah the human the human body and and what we're capable of i think is i think that's the greatest lesson that we can learn hardship i always think it's difficult and one could see it as being oh well we're just focusing on you know difficulty and, and strife and all of these really big things but actually they're about life and the choices that we make to keep living and I think that's a fundamental a magical thing and that needs sharing <laughs> yeah and I think too like in a place now where mental health is such a important subject and one that's really been brought to light over the last I mean it's always been around right mental health is 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 so important it's never not been important but i think people are talking about it a lot more and i think i think when we talk about resonating with with the guests or these stories that there's something in there that people hear you know whatever they're going through and and they're saying oh you know this person didn't give up they saw a better way you know another way to keep moving forward and 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 you know that's maybe that five percent that we were talking about that people hear and and they find interesting and maybe they're going through some mental struggle so um, and that's a way that they can overcome so you know maybe you're helping more people than maybe we're helping more people than we think not just in the physical sense but also in the mental sense and I think that's also very important you know I think it's the silent killer mental health is is and uh, it's something that I've it's it's funny i have the mustache now but i usually do movember every year i think it's it's uh something you know i use movement as a way to cope with whatever thoughts i have in my head as you know to to stay positive to like i said to let my mind wander and think and problem solve and i think movement can really help a lot of people not just in the physical sense but the mental sense as well absolutely and I mean, I said thank you at the beginning of the conversation for how open you've been on other arenas for how you've shared about things. But I, I've realized that actually quite a lot of stuff in this conversation, it's been emotional for you to reflect on and go there. And also a lot of it because because you care so much about what you do. So thank you again for being so generous with your your feelings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I wear my hat on my sleeve. I, this is something I've known about myself. I'm emotional. I get it from my mom. Um, I put my 110% into every aspect of my life. I, and sometimes I cry <laughs> and that's okay. Um, it's good to let out those emotions, to feel those things. Um, I'm a passionate person and I always want, you know, like I said, my my most authentic self to come out and, you know, I let my my running do the talking. I I put my emotions um through my running and I also want to really show my true self in in Justin Stride podcast. Um my new my new project and yeah, otherwise what's the point? You know, it's uh you know, if you can't, if you're not authentic, then you'll never connect on a, on a, on another level with people. And I think showing people who you are and, and showing that you can be vulnerable, I think is as important as, 
as important as showing strength. Maybe it even shows even more strength uh, that you're able to do that, that you got nothing to hide, um, nothing to lose. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited for the next uh, the next next chapter. And and I'm grateful that, that, you know, that you invited me on here to talk today. Appreciate I'm that. So excited for you too. Um, and so excited for further vulnerability, because I think that it is is the biggest strength and most generous thing that that we can put out into the world as well because other people as we said might be feeling that vulnerability too and I'll be sure to signpost to your new podcast um and your own Instagram um your authentic self in the show notes um and I'd just like to ask you the final question which I ask all the guests on the show Justin what does joy mean to you Oh man. I mean, I just think that like you have to have things in in place. You got to find balance in your life. Um I I find that I find joy when I'm doing what I love and I'm surrounded by the people that I love. And I think that's what brings me the most joy i think i always say like doesn't matter where you are but if you're with the right people you can have the best time and um i think that you know moving and running is bringing me so much brought me so much joy it's taking me so many places and on so many adventures it's connecting me with so many people um i'm blessed to have met and I think, uh, you know, I'm in a really good place in my life, a lot of positive things moving forward. And um, yeah, I'm, I can say that I'm like really happy. I'm just, in a, I'm full of joy. <laughs> and, uh, but it's the sum of all things. It's not just one thing that brings that. It's, it's making sure that I take care of myself. I take care of others. Um, I respect my my boundaries, um, my body, my mind, and that you know I wake up every day and and I make a positive impact, and I think that's what brings me the most joy. I'm so grateful to the community that is growing around the podcast. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, I would so appreciate if you can share it with your communities and help spread the message of support, perseverance and joy further. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future guests, you can find me on Instagram at running underscore on underscore joy. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time for Running on Joy.